Let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to look into a text that I think a lot of times we overlook. Um, we just look at it, uh, and, and listen, I, I am, I, maybe you guys don't. I am very guilty of this, okay, of texts that just blah, 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 blah. You know, and this person had this baby, and this guy had this handmade, and she went over here, and this, and they had a baby, and whoa, and and I just, it, it's sort of like getting excited about the chronological birth of the generals of the Civil War. You just, okay, happy to know that Robert E. Lee, we lived in Virginia, and I will go with Virginia. The North wanted him. I'm happy. Okay, Ulysses S. Grant never got his. Face cut on the side of a mountain. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. Um, don't ask what I'm talking about. Sometimes when we look at historical facts, all right, um, we just sort of go, hmm, I'm taking a uh, class on the prophets in Israel. And uh, one of the things they keep throwing at us are the dates. Okay? And i got to be honest with you. I despise dates. <laughs> it's that math thing. And then when you're dealing with BCE, it's going backwards. <laughs> That's because I'm losing ground here. Uh, so I, um, when you go through this kind of stuff, I ask, you know, Lord, there's a reason you put this in here. And that will be the quiz that you will have. Is because we read through this. Some of us may know this text of scripture some of us may not uh, but this is uh, Jacob the trickster falling in love and how wonderful that becomes let's pray father help us to see you help us to understand that even in this book in this these two chapters of your holy writ you're revealing yourself and Father, uh, your ways are not our ways. Your ways are not our ways. Father, let us understand um, what you're giving us. And that, Father, we can see, but yet again, faith and obedience and sin and rebellion. Help us, Lord, as your people draw deep upon these things. In Christ's name. Amen. Genesis chapter 29, verse 1, we understand that Jacob, uh, under the direction of his mother and his own desires too, has just cheated Esau out of his birthright. Uh, Esau is sort of uh, excited about it, a little on the PO'd side. Uh, and um, Isaac is a little disturbed about it, uh, and it's just sort of a mess. So it starts out with Jacob went on his journey. <laughs> uh, all I can think of is I come to the visual on that is, remember the roadrunner when he would run off over the hill and you see the pile of dust? That's sort of how I see Jacob sort of exit stage left. <laughs> and uh uh, he's taken off, and he came to the land of the sons of the east. Now, he's headed for an area uh, that his father had sent a slave 
a, a servant to find his wife and now he's headed to that place and he looked and he saw a well in the field and behold three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it for the well uh, and for from that well they watered the flocks now stone at the mouth of the well was large Okay, this is kind of cute. But anyway, here's what happens. Now, you remember, and I want, to, I want you to keep you up to Remember, Esau's the hairy, the, the manly man guy. You know, I'm the hunter, the fisher, the, what do they call it? The hunter-gatherer dude. Okay, you know, he's out uh, running down wild boar and, and spearing pigs and weird stuff like that. No, anyway, uh, that was, okay, all right. But Jacob is what? He's the homebody. Um, I wouldn't call him mama's boy, but I'd call him mama's boy. Okay, And you don't think that's a big deal. Watch what happens. All the flocks were gathered there, and they would roll a stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place at the mouth of the well. And this basically would make a tidal pool. Okay, and this this spring would feed this well very slowly, very gently. You'd put the rock in place, you'd get you a puddle, and you'd open the rock out, roll the rock out of the way, and it would come out to a basin, and you would feed the flocks out of the basin. Uh, I've seen it. Um, I've seen it here in Colorado in a couple of different places. I've seen it in Israel also. Okay, Jacob said to them, my brothers, where are you from? And they said, we are from Haran. And he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we do. And he said to them, is it well with him? And they said, it is well. And here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. Okay, now watch what happens. And you guys are saying, well, what was the big deal about Esau being the manly man? And watch what happens. And he said to them, here comes Rachel with the sheep, verse 7, and he said, Behold, all right, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to gather, water the sheep, and go to pasture then. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered, and they roll the stones from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. And while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came about when Jacob saw Rachel, Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went up and he rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. Okay, here's what happened. You know what that is, right? They would bring the flocks up, and some, a lot of these would have women bringing the flocks in, shepherdess, right? And they did not have the ability to what? So the manly man steps up and moves the stone. Now remember, this guy is not the outdoorsman. Okay, so this is an act to what? To impress. And then the kiss and the weeping was common for the culture to say, I have found a relative. Very, very common. Uh, It's still done today. 
still done today. Uh, you see it today done that in a Jewish funeral or even um, you've seen it uh, on television in Lebanon and, and, and in Gaza uh, and, and the West Bank and all the rest of it. When there's a funeral there, there are all of these people just crying insanely, aren't they? And we all sit there and go, my God, look at the turmoil, the heartache. They're paid. Please understand they're paid. That is their job. They are professional mourners. Okay? That used to be they got paid by the vials of tears. However many tears they would catch, they would get that much money for that. When you see these people weeping and grieving, don't ever kid yourself. Probably 90% are professional mourners. You see it in Baghdad when they'll have a funeral or when somebody, uh, uh, an explosion will happen and you see this all happen and what happens? It is normal for the culture to go, whoa, whoa. Okay? So you see it all the way back to Genesis chapter 29. Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebecca's son and she ran and told her father. So it came about when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son. He ran to meet him, embraced him and kissed him and brought him to the house. And then he related to Laban all these things. And Laban said said to him, surely. Now watch what happens here. Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. Okay, now stop and stay right there. Are they relatives? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and therefore he should be treated as a relative. Okay, does that happen? He's treated as a servant. Okay, and I kind of, there's an irony in this. Okay, what's Jacob's name mean? Trickster. And what happens? Let's read on. Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relatives, you should therefore serve me for nothing. What? Tell me what your wages shall be. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. There's something about the Old Testament patriarchs are just into lookers. Okay, they all get good-looking women. Tell me I'm wrong. Sarah was that way. Rebecca was that way. Rachel is that way. And then what are weak eyes? Could be anything. Okay, Um, it could be um, she visibly had some vision problem and couldn't see, or they may have lacked luster. Okay. They didn't shine. Uh, and this was greatly admired in the culture. Um, they called it sparkling eyes. You'll find it in secular writings of the time. Uh, and it was just something that attracted people. No, it ain't got nothing to do with makeup or drawing attention to the eye. It was just the way the eyes are. And you've seen it. Some people's eyes will catch you and some people's eyes, uh, will not. Okay. Leah's eyes, were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. We all know what that means, right? She was the model. (laughs) All right. Anyway, now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you 
seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Rachel said, it is better that I give her to you than it is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. All right. Keeping it in the bloodline, keeping it there. It shouldn't be no problem. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him, but a few days because of his love for her. <laughs> no, sorry. Us guys think that's cute. The women are going, oh, and the guys are going, <laughs> sucker. Um, no, just, look, what do you want me to say? Want me to lie? Isn't that passionate, loving, caring? What's it getting? Seven more years. <laughs> All right. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my time is completed that I may go in with her. Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came about in the evening that he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him and Jacob went into her. What? Yeah. Oh, Laban has done the proverbial switch. Okay. Key here, guys. They all get prettier at closing time. <laughs> Don't be checking out the ladies in the dark. Where do you end up? With the sister. No. Here's what he says. Laban gladdered all the men. They had a place. They made a feast at die at the evening. Laban basically cheats him. Okay. And the relatives great. But anyway. So it came about in the morning that behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? Good question. Laban has an answer. Verse 26. It's not only a, it is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. There you go. Best excuse in the world. Complete the week of this one, and we'll give you the other also for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. You know what he just said there, right? Seven years. Why? I have an indentured servant. Okay? I mean, it's common for a slave to be taken care of. You give him housing and food and clothing and all the rest of it, but he's basically going to take, take over for seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban also gave his maid Bilal to his daughter Rachel as to her as her maid. And so Jacob went into Rachel also and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah and he served with Laban for another 7 years. Okay? So he's basically captive I mean, if that's the way you wanted to cut it, I mean, he's part of the family. We are blood of bone of bone, family, family, but you are my servant. All right. That is Jacob meeting Rachel. And that is Jacob marrying Leah and Rachel. Now, we already know we've got a problem here, Houston. All right. You got two wives and you will see this even to this day. Here's what happens. Verse 31, 
the problem begins. All right, now remember this guy's gene pool, Jacob's gene pool. All right, yeah, I, you just, when I hear people talk about the sins being passed on to generation to generation, I, I look at it from this perspective. We look at that and say, well, is this the curse of the fathers? You know what? Yeah, in some cases it is. But, but what I want you to see is that the pattern that the parents give, the children will show. What was the big problem in um, Jacob's family? Parental favoritism. Parental favoritism. What is going to happen with Jacob's two wives? Favoritism. Okay, which that there ought to be enough to tell a man that he doesn't need two wives. But anyway, now Yahweh saw that Leah was unloved and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read that, I was kind of in awe. God's looking down from heaven He's got a plan laid out. It's on the track. And what does he say? This woman is unloved. That's fascinating. Don't you think that's fascinating? I think it's fascinating. Have you ever thought about that? Is God into detail? Well, he was into enough detail that he said, you know what? Leah is unloved. So he closes Rachel's womb and he opens Leah's womb. Leah conceived, bore a son, named him Reuben. Okay, Reuben means, look, a son. (laughs) That's what the name means. Okay, for she said, because Yahweh has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Now watch this progression. I want you to watch this progression. There's a progression that you'll see here. She bears a son, which is first heir. All right, And that is the greatest thing that a woman can do for a man at this time. Why? He now has a name that will continue on. You know, I did this with my stepson. I never, you know, he wanted to take my name at one point in time. We had thought about it. Okay? You know, that I, I, he, he, his father died when he was three. He's only really known me as dad. All right? But his name is Barber. All right? Here was the problem. Gary was the last one. So Jim is the last one. If I take his name, Barber stops. I mean, it's not that big a deal. But you better think about that kind of stuff. And that's what you see that today. I see that. Why does the woman take the man's name? Because it goes with the man. That's the line. That's the line. We've got to pay attention to this because this is key. Look what he says. Because the Lord, because Yahweh has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Why? I've brought my husband a son. Okay, now watch the progression here. Verse 33. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because Yahweh has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. Simeon means hearing. Hearing. All right. Do you see what she's trying to do? She wants to be loved by Jacob and she believes that bearing sons is the 
key. Now watch what happens here. She conceived again, verse 34, and bore a son and said, now this time. Do you see what has happened? Two sons, what's Jacob's response? The same. Now this time my husband will become, now look what the phrase she uses, attached to me. Attached to me. All right? Because I've bore him three sons, therefore I will name him Levi. Okay, this is the line of the priest. Okay, and Levi means attachment. Okay, you've got three sons by me, therefore you are attached to me. I mean, she's, you see now that the progression has moved beyond the love. Now it has become uh, an heir thing. Okay, now watch what happened. Verse 35. She conceived again and bore a son and said, this time, what happens? I will praise Yahweh. Therefore, she named him Judah. Bet you can't guess what Judah means. Praise. Praise. Then she stopped bearing. All right, you see, see the progression there? She was unloved. God understood it. Okay? And bore a son. What was Jacob's response? You don't have the details. But you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a time frame in there. Okay? But you don't have the details. But you do know this. She bears another son, the second son, and guess what? Still unloved. I give you the third son. Gee, many crickets. At least now you're attached to me. Okay, I have three sons by you. I have bore you three sons. And, and that was a picture of God's blessing to the man through the woman. Okay? That's always the way it works. You're blessed man through this woman because I have bore you children. Okay? But when she has the fourth, what happens? Her whole focus has changed now. I just... Praise God, right? I just praise God. Don't we do that? We praise God. Why? You're moving it from the temporal side and you move it to the eternal side. Look what happens. Now Rachel saw she bore Jacob no children and she became jealous of her sister. (laughs) Duh. Okay, now here's what happens. What's the plan? My sister has got Reuben, has got Simeon, has got Levi, has got Judah. I got zero zip nada. But Jacob loves me. (laughs) Okay, you think it's read first Samuel chapter one. You'll see the same thing again. Okay, Hannah is loved. And she's got no children. And she's grieving. Okay? Then here's... here's I'm, I'm going to be real careful how I say this. How do I say this? I'll just read it. Okay? She bore Jacob no children and she became jealous of her sister. And she says to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Speaks for itself. Correct? 
I don't, do I need to expound that in any way whatsoever? Then Jacob's anger did what? Burned against who? Rachel. And he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld you from the fruit of the womb? You know what he's saying, right? Ain't my fault. I'm doing the best I can, and it's obvious it ain't my problem. I have four. (laughs) Right? Am I God? Okay? And I mean, you know what? Here's this woman he loves. And she has not bore children, and now she's jealous of her sister, and guess what? If you don't give me children, I'll die. She said, verse 3, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go in to her that she may bear on my knees, that through her I too may have children. So she gave him her maid Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went in to her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. And then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, she named him Justice. Your translation would probably say Dan. Now, I really, 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 really want you to make a mental note right now. Okay? This son, Dan. Don't forget where this son came from. Okay? Don't forget how this son appeared. Okay? Let's move on. Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Poor Jacob. So Rachel said, Within, With mighty wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. Naphtali means wrestling. <laughs> See how that all works? Okay. I was named Terry, tenderhearted. Well, they screwed that up, didn't they? (laughs) All right. Somebody changed my name somewhere. Anyway, when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid, Zilpha, gave her to Jacob as a wife, and Leah's maid, Zilpha, bore Jacob a son. And then Leah said, How fortunate. So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpha bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for women will call me happy. So he named him Asher. Okay, Gad means luck uh, some uh, or fortune. Asher means happy. Okay, now I want you to stop right there. How many sons do we have? One, Reuben, Simeon. Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher. Right? We got eight. 
Now in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben went out and found mandrakes in the field and brought them into his mother Leah. And then Rachel said to Leah, there has got to be some serious tension going on between these two women. However you cut this bugger. Anyway, give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter for you to take my husband? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? What do you think? Conflict there? Just, I mean, the tension there you could cut with a knife, a dull knife, right? So Rachel said, hmm, therefore he may lie with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. So you see the interpersonal relationships that are going on here and how much they are really trusting God. (laughs) Okay, what has happened here? The emotions have taken the place of faith, have overwhelmed the situation, and I guarantee you, you will see in the history to come, disaster upon disaster upon disaster upon disaster. Watch what happens. Jacob came in, and he goes in, so he lay with her that night. God gave heed to Leah. Do you see this? It started out chapter 30 with what? God saw that Leah was what? Unloved. Pay attention to that, people. We really need to pay attention. Do you you understand that? God is looking down from heaven saying, all I want you to do is love me your creator, and then he looks down at these human relationships and he's concerned about this one lady who is unloved. Okay, here's what he says. But she did praise God, remember? Took a whole bunch of kids, but maybe maybe we won't touch that one. Anyway, um, she conceived, verse 17, bore Jacob the fifth son, Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Ishkar. Uh, anybody want to guess what Ishkar means? Nobody wants to guess? I'm not telling. Okay, we'll move on. Reward. <laughs> Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son. So we got nine with Ishkar. A sixth son to Jacob. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have bore him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Okay? Um, Zebulun means dwelling. Okay? Afterward, it's kind of weird, that phrasing, don't you think? Afterward, six sons. Afterward, she bore a daughter named her Dinah. Please note that one. Please, please note that. Chapter 37 um, and 46. Um, 
you have just been laid a foundation for a terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, you'll see it in the chapters to come. A daughter. Then God remembered Rachel. And God gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son. And God and said, God has taken away my reproach. See, if a woman didn't get pregnant, the reproach fell on the woman. And she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord give me another son. Okay. Um, Joseph in the original language means either of these two. And, and I, I believe there's something deliberate here. Okay. May the Lord add. Or it can mean he has taken away. And if you know the coat of many colors. Then you understand. All right, quickly, I want to go into chapter 30, verses 25 through 43. Uh, all of this has taken place in the land of Haran. It's up north. It's where the Assyrians will come out of. Um, now, it came about when Rachel had bore Joseph. Okay, now, let's go back and count them again. You want to count them? Let's count them. Anybody interested in counting? Okay, we got Reuben, one. Two is Simeon. Three is Levi, four is Judah, five is Dan, six is Naphtali, seven is Gad, eight is Asher, nine is Ishkar, ten is Zebulun, Joseph. Does anybody see a problem? Okay. Oh, there's a bigger problem than what you even see. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see. All right. So we've got 11 and a, a sister. A sister with 11 brothers. How awful would that be? Very tragic. Extremely tragic. And you'll see it in the weeks to come. Now it came about when Rachel had bore Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away. <laughs> I don't, there's more there than I probably want to deal with. That I may go to my own place, to my own country. Give me my wives, my children for whom I have served you, and let me depart, for you yourselves know my service and I have rendered to you. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divided that Yahweh has blessed me on your account. Okay, he's figured this out. He's looked at it and said, man, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff going on here. I'm thinking Yahweh's kind of on your side. All right. And he continued, name me your wages and I will give it. But he said to him, <laughs> you yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came. And it has increased to you to a multitude and Yahweh has blessed you wherever. What does your text say? I turned. I turned. Okay, watch what happens here. But now, 
When shall I provide for my own household always? You always see what he just said, right? I made you my slave for 14 plus years, all right? And if I hadn't done that, you wouldn't have made it. Okay, and it's obvious that Yahweh wanted you to be with me or this wouldn't have happened. That's basically what it's saying. And he says, don't you see by what I've done to you, Joseph, how, look what I've taken from the mouths of my little children. Okay, this is good. The trickster is being tricked. So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and the black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. Okay? Laban said, he's basically going to take care of the flocks. Laban said, good. Let it be according to your word. (laughs) All right? These are basic laws of heirs. Okay, we need to pay attention to that. Separate off-colored animals so to reduce the chances of the, the heirs acquiring a larger herd. Okay, and that's basically how they did it. it was, it's very common. It's done on a regular basis even this day. It's done in America that way. Um, you go, I know people right now who raise cattle and they don't want speckled cattle. They want solid-colored cattle, whether it's Angus, Charlays, whatever you're going for, limousines, I don't care what it is. They want solid colors. They don't want the speckled colors. They are considered weak. Jacob's, or, uh, Joseph says, I'll take, or sorry, Jacob says, I'll take the speckled ones. That way, anything that is solid, you'll know that um, it's yours. All right? So he removed on that day the striped, the spotted male goats, all the speckled and spotted female goats, everyone with white in it, and all the black ones from among the, uh, the sheep, and gave them into the care of his sons. Okay, that was how many of them? Eleven. Okay, and he put a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plane trees and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white which was the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks and the gutters, even in the watering troughs, uh, where the flocks came to drink and they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods and the flocks brought forth stripes, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black in the flock of, the, of Laban. And he put his own herds apart and did not put them in Laban's flock. Moreover, it came about when he was, uh, when it came about, whenever the stronger of the flock were mating, that Jacob would place the rods in the side of the flock of the gutters so that they might mate by the rods. But when the flock was feeble, he did not put them in so that the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. 
So the man became exceedingly prosperous, even starting out with the weaker. And he made the large flocks and females and male servants and camels and donkeys. Okay, these striped branches from certain trees and the watering troughs to stimulate the animals to reproduce and, and their activity was increased. So they bred quicker. Okay, he was basically what is called by science today selective breeding. Okay, and I find that fascinating because we think we're so smart. Uh, Jacob had this kind of figured out a few years ago. So there's the conclusion. All right, now then, pop quiz. Are you ready? In your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelations. Chapter 7. We have what is called an interlude. It is a break in the travails. Chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing in the four corners of the earth, holding back four winds of the earth so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Well, that sounds muggy, doesn't it? And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom, <clears throat> to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying... Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000. Okay, who are these people? End of verse 4. Sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Cool. We know them, don't we? All 11 of them. Let's run through it. Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Who's that? Who's Manasseh? From the tribe of Simeon, six, 12,000 were sealed. Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Ishtar, Ishkar, 12,000 were sealed. Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Uh-oh. Who's Benjamin? Where's Dan? They're in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they are. They believe they're the tribe of Dan. I believe they are too. <laughs> well, I do. Dan was cursed, was cut off from the covenant. Why? Idolatry. What are the dudes in Salt Lake City doing? Idolatry. Okay. So... Where the heck does Benjamin come from and who is Manasseh? You'll have to wait to see.
but it's obvious that God's word does not contradict itself. I could have swore there was 12 tribes of Israel and I've only counted 11. To be continued. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the amazing things you do. And Father, even in this, you smile down upon us and say it is well. It is well. Thank you, Lord, that even as I look at the conclusion of your book and this Jacob's travail, you set aside from your people, redeemed holy people, to the glory of our Savior, the Lamb that was slain. And we praise you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.